1: Three FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines
0: are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. All right, hour number two, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, with you until noon, 20 minutes or thereabouts, Dave Sproul, who's currently listening in to Matt Campbell's teleconference, uh, will join us. We'll talk Iowa State in 20 minutes with Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, up in Ames. But as promised, to lead off the second hour of the program, we'll recap the U.S. Open. It goes to Bryson DeChambeau. Not a lot of drama in the final round of the tournament. Uh Wingfoot was uh, on full display. Matt Rudy joins us. Matt Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Rudy. How are you?
1: It's a beautiful day here in the Northeast. So everybody got to see it on TV yesterday. It's the same day today.
0: It was absolutely stunning. Yeah, that's one of my takeaways, just how pristine, uh, the weather was for that tournament. The other one, of course, was how good Bryson DeChambeau is. Um, I mean, it wasn't fair, Matt, in, in a lot of ways. He toyed with this course yesterday. Well, Wolf started the day with what I think he was up two going into the, uh, the final round of the tournament. Uh, Deschambeau just, uh, he ate up that course yesterday and good for him.
1: Yeah, I think the the U.S. Open is designed to elicit mistakes, and it's designed to elicit physical mistakes, and it's designed to elicit strategic, you know, mental mistakes where you just pick the wrong shot. And he never did it. He he consistently picked the right shot. And one thing about what he did, you have to give him a huge amount of credit because he decided to change his body, he decided to change his swing, he decided to to get all the data and make all of his decisions, you know, strategic decisions based on data and he held to it and he and he did it his way. And there's there's no other way to say it except he, he earned every bit of it and he and he figured out correctly so that foot was a great opportunity to hit it super far because if you can hit wedges, you can even be in that taller grass and it's gonna be okay. And he kept with that strategy and, and not only that, when you, when you watched him Wednesday, he was hooking it. You know, he was, he was hooking it off the tee. He had some, some problems with what he was doing, and he went to the range until 1030 at night and fixed it. So, oh, I mean, geez. He, he's he's committed, that's for you sure.
2: He is uh, committed to his body and committed certainly to his game. And he burst out of the scene, this goofy guy with this weird idea, all my honors are going to be the same length. I'm going to play this way. I can't even remember what what he called that stupid thing. But is this leading to... A revolution in the way that us everyday weekend muni hackers are going to go out there. How big of a star does he become, and can he change the game?
1: I don't know if it's going to lead to a specific revolution to do it his way, but what I hope it leads to is a revolution toward uh, openness to doing it the way that best works for you, and and that could be you know that means different things to you or to me or to some other player with different abilities. And I love that about him where he says, you know, I, you know, I decided to look at one length irons and I figured out that it worked for me. And, and if it, if it gives people in a, in a sport that's been too conservative and you know kind of too by the books through the years, the opportunity to, to, to open themselves up. I mean, maybe you should have a seven wood and a nine wood and an 11 wood. In your mm-hmm. Maybe you should, I mean, anything that, you know, maybe you should have a super soft R flex, Shaft in your driver. Maybe you should have a much stiffer shaft in your driver. Any of those questions where you can open up the answers to just beyond the same one or two that you've always heard are what, you know, just what people do. I think that's good for the sport and good for participation, for sure.
0: You know, when uh, when Tiger was at his peak, um, in in these he peaked very early, so early in his career when he's just bludgeoning everybody on weekends, they Tiger-proofed courses. Matt, you remember that? That was a big phrase. Got to sure. Tiger-proof it. So, what do they do with uh, they Bryson-proof it? I don't know how you would do that. It's not like they're you can make these courses any longer for the most part. Uh, will they try to do something uh, to you know to Bryson-proof it? What's hilarious
1: is that as they went about tiger-proofing golf courses, it did the exact opposite. It made it easier for Tiger to win, and you know the, the I think the the unsophisticated reaction to people like you know who, who like Tiger hit it super far is to make it longer. But that just means that people who hit it shorter don't have any chance whatsoever. Right. And I think the way to to quote unquote proof a tour quality course is to make it. Shorter and have more options for shots and you give, you'll give players creative opportunities to, to do something different. Anytime that you make it so that it rewards one particular kind of play, you're favoring one particular category of player, player over another. If you played a 6,500 yard golf course with wicked fast greens and lots of super tight mowing areas and And, you know, like they did at Marion at the U.S. Open a few years ago, they just decided that as far as you're going to be able to hit it off the tee is 260 yards. And whatever club you want to hit it to get there, that's fine. But I think if you give shorter hitters options and opportunities to play their game too, that's what makes it a more level playing field, not completely taking the game away from people that don't hit it 300 yards.
2: All right. So he's huge. He's bulked up in a big way. Are there any whispers about doing it? Any shortcuts that he took to get there? Because you just don't see many athletes turn around and, and especially a golfer, just that physically imposing and doing it that quickly.
1: Well, I mean, I have some frame of reference. I've been around Bryson. I'm six six, three twenty. I I'm, I'm not small. I'm, a, <laughs> and he's probably six two and a half, maybe two forty five. And when I saw him before the 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 weight gaining the muscle, I mean, he, he was probably, he probably he probably picked up 45 pounds. And, you know, it it's easy enough to gain weight, uh, and, and especially if you're a single guy who likes to watch Fortnite and eat pizza, which he does. <laughs> and and the, the thing about it is he's not afraid to follow a plan. And, and, and if somebody came to him and said, you're not going to do anything socially for six months, you're just going to work out. Eat a bunch of protein. Eat a bunch of carbohydrates. Exercise and do exactly what I tell you. He's the person that would actually follow all that down to the, the very letter of the law. So, I don't think he would necessarily need to do anything, to to help himself that way. And I mean, he's grown proportionally too. I mean, we've seen players, in mean Barry Bonds, where where you know that you get like a freakishly big head, or you or, or you look like you were chiseled out of marble. He doesn't look like he was. Chills a lot of marble. He looks like, you know, the, he looks like you're, you know, when you were a 15 year old, it was like your friend who had a strong dad. That's, that's what he looks like. And, and, uh, I think his body can tolerate what he's doing right now because he's 27 and it's different when you're 37 and different when you're 48, like I am. And, uh, I think he's calculated the risks to working out the way he does. He's calculated the risks to swinging the way he does. And I admire the fact that he takes all those factors into consideration when he's trying to decide what to do.
0: Mm. Uh, Matt, Rudy Golf Digest is our guest. Matt, uh, what's happened to Jordan Spieth? He used to be good. (laughs)
1: He he did used to be good, and I think he still is good. I think he's running into some of the realities that we were just discussing, which is he is a normal-sized, normal-distance human in what's becoming a more superhuman sport. And when he was playing at his – the peak of his powers, he was easily 25 yards behind someone like Dustin Johnson. And like Bryson, you know, Bryson went on a quest to try to find a bigger body and more distance. I think Jordan Spieth wanted to find more power. He wanted to improve his ball striking and do some of the things physically with the ball that other players were doing. And that's not, I mean, that that, that just gives you more appreciation for what, Bryson did because it's not without risks. You know, you have to be able to to find it and own it, and that's not always linear and easy. And you know he's still trying to to do that, and it's especially hard to do it and still compete at the same time because everybody sees the work product, you know, as you stutter your way through it. And I mean, we've seen it. I mean, Dustin Johnson, he had he had two rounds that he shot in the 80s this year, and I mean, the guy was, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise he was a machine and and, and and some players i think it takes longer and the confidence piece is a is a hard one to to gauge and and i mean i i think he can find it but whatever he, but what he finds it might not be as dominant as it was before just because the landscape of other competitive players has changed there's so many young strong talented players you know matt wolf and con murkhow there's a, there's a lot of good players and it's it's harder than ever to win
2: all right, Matt. We uh, saw the win Zach Johnson with a ridiculous he putt. Played pretty well, top ten. Well, what does <laughs> this say with Zach? It's it's late in his career. He's changed clubs. His wedge game, which was once elite, isn't at that level anymore. I think
0: he knocked in a wedge too. Did he not this weekend? Pretty sure he did a long one. What does Zach have left in the bag? Uh, I mean,
1: I, I, you'll never hear me say a bad word about Zach Johnson because I, I mean, I put him in the all. Overachiever yeah. category. If you look at what his record is, where he's won majors, where he's won tournaments, and the ultimate compliment is when someone like Tiger Woods says, "I'll, you know, if, if I'm playing in a team event, you're the guy I want." I mean, he, hmm. he doesn't back down from anybody, and he doesn't change what he does. He, he knows what his strengths are, and it doesn't, you know, he's not he's not one of those guys who's getting shamed into trying to do different things that he can't do. I don't think there's any reason. He can't have a Jim Furyk style career, which is continuing to do what you do. You can contend in majors that have particularly good setups that suit you, and you keep shooting low scores. And I mean, Jim Furyk just won at Pebble Beach on the Champions Tour. He's won his first two starts on the Champions Tour, and he did it against Ernie Els, who's got more talent in his mm. finger right. than Tiger Woods has in his body. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, if you you can you can travel that path which is funny because we've been talking about jordan speed and we've been talking about bryson you can travel the path where you say i'm just gonna do my i'm gonna do my thing and do my thing the best i can and that's and that's the path that he's chosen, and I respect that,
0: too. Yeah, he's ground on a nice living. I think it would be uh, 300,000 north of that this week, and I think that probably was his biggest payday this year. But you're right, the, se- the uh, senior tour beckons for him. Matt, away from golf last thing. Since you're a Michigan State grad, and they will play the Hawks at Kinnick Stadium in week number three. Michigan State, love the opener. They get Rutgers. But then on the road to Michigan, to Iowa, before finishing Ohio State at home, at Penn State, Mel Tucker's first year as a Spartan alum, knowing where the program had been, are is at right now, what do you anticipate? Uh, is this um, what kind of football season will your alma mater have this year?
1: I think the whole thing is going to be crazy to see. I mean, nobody knows what what is does a non traditional offseason look like. You know what what is it? You know when you're especially when you have a new coach and a new program, and you didn't have time to install everything the way you wanted to do it. Is it? Is it weirdly easier because there's more you know, isolated time? Is it harder? I don't know. I feel like what I want to do is COVID, uh, COVID safely fly to Iowa and come hang out with you guys for that game, and we can watch it together. And, uh, tell me what I should be watching.
0: Uh, in. I'm in. Uh, Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Matt, we will talk to you, if not before that game, certainly before the Masters, uh, the, which I think is the follow. yes, it is, will really be the following week. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. What are you working on? Anything of you, I mean, I got to um, think that it's probably hard for you to get out and about and do videos, right? Do those. I'm te- actually,
1: I'm, take, I'm taking my first flight since March. I'm going to Stillwater, Oklahoma to do a Victor Hovland, a big video and the cover story. So I'm going to, we'll see how it goes with all the masks and the, you know, it's, it's it's a new world. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Fingers crossed. Oklahoma State, boy, they put a lot of guys on the tour. No doubt about that. Uh, thank you, Matt Rudy. Appreciate it. You bet. Yeah. Good to talk to you, Matt Rudy. Golf Digest. Uh, Oklahoma State puts a lot of guys on the tour. Isn't it crazy? This Wolf kid's going to be a player, man. He's 21 years old. How about the back and forth from him, too? Really good around. Yeah. Better. Really good around. Well, Saturday he got lucky because he hit, what, two yeah. out of 16 fairways in regulation? That one that
2: just bounced from the deep rough into the first cut? That was a huge break. That is nuts. I
0: think that might have been on 18. It was late in the It was late,
2: yeah. They was... showed it to him when they were interviewing afterwards. I, I oh, happened to be watching at that, yeah. that time. Yeah. Because obviously from the spot he couldn't see right. the bounce that it took. And he goes, oh. Got lucky on that one, mm. and that's what he said. I, is it a weird? I don't know. Watching Deshanto and, and watching Wolf and watching these guys from that deep of rough. It's not supposed to be that
0: way. Uh oh. uh uh-uh. But boy, oh boy, was you know. And again, I didn't watch a ton of it, but what I did, I was thing. entertained. I was too. Yeah. Now, there was no drama whatsoever, which was good, because it would have been tough to turn the channel from NFL Sunday week Especially to with the Chiefs struggling like they were with the Chargers. That was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. That, that, and Romo,
2: me. every time, impresses me.
0: Got, Just every single time. You know where he was incredibly right yesterday? Anthony Lynn. What was he thinking in overtime? Yeah, You're not going to get the one. ball back, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to. Go for it. When a field goal beats, you. that's exactly right. Go for it, man. They had that was their chance, and uh, they didn't get there. But um, yeah, that was an entertaining football game. Desmond King's not happy. Did you see him on Twitter lately? Mm-mm. He's piping up that he's not happy that he's not in these games at the end. Yeah. I think he makes a valid point, but yeah. Butker. I mean, they line up to kick from fifty-three, right? For in overtime, get the false start. Get the false start, but the kick is right, uh, right down the middle. No. Back him up five yards. Kick number two. Just before the ball is snapped, get the timeout. You're going to ice him. Kick number two, right down the middle. <laughs> get one more. So you're thinking to yourself, can this kid uh. really do this three straight times in a football game? Answer is yes. It's he not was awesome. fair. Not fair. Just another weapon for this Chiefs team. They're so good. Tyreek Hill's touchdown for Mahomes when he rolled mm-hmm. out to his right, threw it, I don't know how many yards, it was 65 or whatever, through the air.
2: It's not fair. How about that final drive just to tie the game by the Chiefs, too? Three
0: different false start penalties. Yeah. I mean, they had to go Trent, they were 110 third, yards. third and 20, and Mahomes ran for 21. Yeah. It's not Come on. Uh, and Dave's then we problem. get them Ravens this week. A week from tonight, Monday Night Football. Uh, Dave Sproul joins us next. He uh, covers the Cyclones for KASI. Matt Campbell's teleconference should be wrapping up as we speak. Uh, Dave Sproul will join us uh, when we come back. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXO and 106. On a Monday, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. That Campbell's teleconference has wrapped up. Gary Patterson made some news this morning when he spoke to the assembled Big 12 Media Valley teleconference. Our guy, Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, 1430 uh, in Ames. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. Dave joins us, Dave, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on, Dave Sproul. How are you?
3: I am fantastic. Good to hear from you guys. Good to talk to mine Iowa State football again.
0: Absolutely. Uh, very appreciative that it's back. It's been a long couple of weeks uh, here, Dave. So I guess let's start with the walking wounded. I, I saw that, uh, according to Campbell, uh, Downing, Hudson, and Kohler are all still day-to-day. Uh, we, we, mean, we may not see them on Saturday. Did he hint at all who's closest of that trio to playing, or did he leave it kind of wide open?
3: Yeah, he's leaving that uh, kind of wide open. He, he did say that Charlie Kohler got some reps in practice, and he said Rob Hudson is in a kind of similar spot to Kohler, so I don't know if that necessarily he didn't explicitly say Rob Hudson got on the practice field, so I'm not sure if that's exactly what he means or if that means they're both similar in terms of their uh, how close they are to, to getting back on the field. And He also indicated he'll know more about Trevor Downing by the end of the day, so hopefully when uh, the media uh, gets stuck with uh, Campbell again tomorrow afternoon, we'll know more about his status.
2: So injuries aside, this team licking their wounds, and good thing, bad thing, after the loss to Louisiana, having this bye week here and ramping up for conference play, what side would the equation would you be on, Dave?
3: Oh, uh, I never know where to land on that, because you could spin it both ways, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you lose, you know, you get a couple extra weeks to evaluate yourself and, and improve, you know, going into the Big 12. And you can say, well, if Iowa State wins, then, you know, it's, it's bad to have the week off, because it's boiling your momentum, which I don't believe in anyway, but uh, you, you know, you could also say, hey, they lost and they're probably eager to get right back out on the field and prove that they're capable of playing again and spending a week off to dwell on it isn't going to do you any good psychologically. So you can spin that any number of ways. The, the huge difference really is going to be, and you could probably spin this a, a few different ways, is the fact that Iowa State does have a game under their belt and they have that video to, to show and evaluate and, and improve on and where TCU doesn't have that and there's that old You know, cliche about making your biggest improvement from game one to game two. Iowa State has an opportunity. TCU doesn't. And the flip side of that is TCU doesn't have anything, you know, to give away from their video of a a previous game that Iowa State could tip off of. But I would think it. that advantage goes to Iowa State's corner just because they have that ability to evaluate and improve based on actual game action.
0: Well, into the Big 12 we will go, and one of the big question marks, knowing that TCU was first up on the schedule, was will Max Dugan be able to go or not after they found the heart issue uh, when they were testing uh, that he didn't know about? It was a blessing that they tested because they found that, but apparently, according to Coach Patterson, uh, Dugan has been practicing for two weeks, and I think the word that he used—he's an option for Iowa State on Saturday. Um, did you hear what he said and how he said it, Dave? Did it sound like it close to the vest, or makes it sound like yeah, he's going to play and he's going to start? Did you? Uh, what was your takeaway with uh, with the TCU quarterback? Yeah, he
3: didn't really tip off who's going to start, but he said he had all three of their their core primary quarterbacks available, and they have stuff uh, you know in various packages for for those guys. So. Yeah, it looks like Dugan is going to be able to go. On Whether he starts is, is certainly a question mark, but he sounded very confident that all three of those guys are healthy and ready to play, and maybe all three, who knows, or at least two of them could see action on Saturday against uh, Iowa State, which would be certainly an interesting wrinkle to that game.
2: It, it really is. TCU last year, we went uh, talked about them a little bit last season. Iowa State clubbed them, but outside of that, every one of their other six losses were incredibly tight within a score what are your expectations, this TCU team? No game underneath, your belt, uh, underneath their belt, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. What do you think we're going to see out of the Horn Frogs coming up on Saturday?
3: I have no idea. Well, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, I, yep. I, I, You know, we didn't get a chance to watch them either, so we, right. we can't really draw any conclusions. I think over the course of the season as a whole, TCU is going to be a better team this year than they were last year. They were awfully young, and you mentioned all those close games they played in. And you, you've got to learn something from that, you would think. You know, it's a cliche about learning how to win. And they had a freshman quarterback out there virtually every game uh, who was feeling his way through. So uh, I think TCU, yeah, in the long run, they're a better team. Does that show up this Saturday or is Saturday just the starting point for them? I, I think, uh, you know, Matt Campbell mentioned it on his portion of the Big 12 teleconference today. Gary Patterson's been there a long time. There's a lot of continuity on that staff. It's a high-quality program. So you go out there, you expect to see the best of what they have to offer. But uh, what that will look like, it's really going to be hard to tell until you know, the, the ball is kicked.
0: Yeah, indeed it is. Uh, you know, when did you take a look at the transfers, Evans, that five-star running back, he's settled there. I'm not sure where he is on the depth chart. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. But we do. We we are familiar with J.D. Spielman, right? In Nebraska, he was... Him and Wandell Robinson, but I think Spielman over the body of his career, um, he was dynamic. Now he settles in at TCU. Did did his name come up with either Patterson or with Campbell, the Nebraska transfer who's found a home now uh, at TCU for this season? Uh,
3: No, it did not come up specifically, at least as a portion of uh, Gary Patterson's. uh, Big 12 teleconference that I got to hear, but that's certainly a guy who, you know, he's going to be at, have an instant impact. Absolutely. Very experienced and, uh, you know, real quality linebacker at Nebraska. So he's, he's bringing a ton of ability and experience to uh, a defense unit that really needed. They were really kind of rough last year relative to what, you know, Coach Patterson usually throws out on the field there at TCU. And uh, you, you got a, a like, you're just a rock-solid guy, almost, I'd compare him to kind of like Mike Rose, what he is for Iowa State. He can be that... Uh, Fiuman can be that kind of guy for TCU, and uh, he'll certainly be an important piece of uh, defending Iowa State on Saturday.
2: Full slate of Big Twelve games coming up this weekend. Twelve thirty for Iowa State TCU. What else on the schedule has you excited? You look through the slate here. A couple of big favorites: Oklahoma against Kansas State, Texas on the road for Tech, and yeah, Kansas is playing. They get Baylor on the road. That, uh, but that West Virginia Oklahoma State matchup is intriguing and. I don't Oklahoma know if you heard. Gundy was not good. Yeah, Spencer Sanders after his ankle injury. I know he was in a boot uh, going in today to their open media availability. But that, I guess, is the most intriguing game outside of this TCU Iowa State game. Your thoughts on the slate?
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I saw a, a tweet earlier from uh, Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head coach, saying, "Yeah, they're going to put Sanders in a boot. and They're going to get him out on the practice field Wednesday, just and just mm-hmm. see what they got and evaluate from there." Uh, so that'll be a, a big question mark going into that matchup. Well West Virginia, I, I know they didn't play a really tough opponent their first game out, but I think they, in, in a lot of ways, look better than I anticipated. So that's really a, a possibly intriguing matchup. I think Oklahoma, Kansas State is very intriguing in that. You know, Oklahoma just they just rolled Kansas State. Obviously upset by, at home by Arkansas State, but I, I think I saw some things from Kansas State that could give Oklahoma fits, or maybe I'm just going off the upset that K State pulled last year and and uh, hoping to see that again or something close to that uh but i think that does have potential to be a pretty entertaining game and you know, I'll eat my words, I guess, next Monday when, if, you know, the Sooners just blow them off the field in Norman.
0: Well, the, the, the break the K-State gets, they get a lot of their COVID guys that weren't available in week number one. They're getting yeah. uh, a good number of those back. How about Brock Purdy? Um, pressure on Purdy in start number two. He, he was not good uh, in in his first start of the year. I know he was banged up at the end of last year, so it'll be unfair to, you know, to lump those as part of the, uh, the slate of poor performances that he's had. But he's, he was healthy in week number one. Uh, what about the quarterback did Campbell reference him at all and what kind of uh couple of weeks he has had or one week anyways uh leading up to this week of practice game rep uh, game prep for TCU uh
3: Campbell didn't didn't talk about Purdy specifically he did talk about the team as a whole just kind of the resolve of getting back to work and, and putting that loss behind him and, and moving on and he had uh good things to say, kind of what you'd expect Campbell to say about, you know, getting back to work and mm-hmm. and, and getting the, the job done on the practice field during the past week and now moving ahead and focusing on, on preparation for uh, TCU. And I think with Brock Purdy, the, the thing about him is, and I it, it's kind of a cliche in the sense that, you know, players put more pressure on themselves than any outside force really could. I, I think that's very true in Purdy's case in particular. He's very unflappable, very calm, uh, but at the same time, you know he's got that that desire, that competitiveness uh, within him. So he's really a self-motivated kind of player to get in there and work hard and improve, and so there's no doubt that he's going to be uh, focused on having a better outing uh, this week than he did against Louisiana.
2: Schedule is out for a week from Saturday, Oklahoma at Iowa State, and either or, either 11 a.m. on Fox or 6.30 on ABC. It will be a national broadcast and uh, it's between that and the TCU at Texas game. Which one will be 11 on Fox? Which one will be 6:30 on ABC? We find that out, Dave. Regardless of the start time, will there be any fans in attendance?
0: <laughs> oh,
3: that's a really good question. And my gut is, I'm going to say yes. I'm me too. Probably, okay. maybe go out on a limb. Uh, I I didn't get a chance yet to, today to check out the where the COVID numbers are are settling right now on campus and story county as a whole but i gotta think they're they're still getting better kids at uh, the aim school district are, are going back in the hybrid 50 percent kids in class starting today so that's good news on on that front and so uh, things are trending in the right direction but i think you'll see and at the end of the day it'll probably be 25 maybe 30 percent of capacity uh coach or excuse me uh, athletic director dean followers on the the uh radio show last week i think he'll be on again tonight and this will probably come up uh but uh, you know he said that they'll the approach it the same way they did with game 1 initially and in that you know the first plan was go to 50% then that kind of declined based on the number of ticket holders who wanted to opt out and either not take the risk or not be a part of that experience without tailgating and all that uh and that number he expected that would continue to decline in response to you know, whatever happened last week, whether it be on the field or just in response again to the, the the policy change and all that. And I, I think by the time it's said and done, the, that number is going to settle into a uh, sort of percentage of capacity that's going to be more in line with what we've seen in places across the country, whether it be, you know, places um, in college where they've allowed it to 25% capacity or in the NFL where they've had some limited capacity. And so I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say, there will be fans, at least a few, in in the stands for Iowa State Oklahoma beyond the the band and and the family and friends we saw against Louisiana.
0: Yeah, we, I, I'm with you. And so you'll have a football game this week, right? Because Ames is now that they they've gone to the hybrid model, will they play as soon as this week, Dave? The Little Cyclones. Yep. They, yep. They can
3: get back to practice today. The the Ames School District Board uh, made the decision last Thursday. Uh, so starting today, they have kids back in classes fifty at fifty percent of capacity and so they can resume uh, practices today and get ready for Friday's game. And uh, We can assume that at least uh, Friday night when they meet Ankeny Centennial, they'll be uh, good to go, and then they come back home again next Friday. And beyond that, we'll we see what Des Moines does today because the last regular season game frames Ames was supposed to be against Des Moines East, and uh, it sounds like the, the Des Moines school board is going to figure out what, how they're going to approach things uh, by the end of the day here, and so we'll find out if Ames will get those last uh, three or four games on the schedule in. But uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited to, to get back on the sidelines and, and uh, get behind the microphone for a high school game. And uh, I never thought you'd take it for granted. I mean, you think about, if you want to talk about long-time rivalries, Ames and Marshalltown have played each other nearly every year for over 100 years. Jeez. I think in that span, they've only last week was only the third time that they did not oh, play each other God. during the course of a season, uh, which is incredible to think about. So, you know... For for those kids, to kind of miss out on a, a fun tradition like mm-hmm. that is, is too bad. But uh, I am excited to see him get back on the field against uh, an Ankeny Centennial game that also, you know, is looking for their first win of the season.
0: Yeah, it's been on, it's been a struggle for Pizzetti's team, uh, no doubt. Uh, good stuff, Dave Sprout. We'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you. You bet. Looking forward to it. Yeah, as were we, Dave Sprout, K. Uh, ASI up in uh, 1430 on your AM dial in Story County. So that's good. Spielman, uh, he, he had a brain cramp. Um, mm-hmm. the, but there are two transfer linebackers at TCU. One of them's from LSU. Okay. As a, as a freshman on the national championship team, played in 11 games. A little pedigree there. Oh, I'd say. I'd say. Yeah, the, the, look, at they're salty.
2: T, TCU's... And Patterson, when he has these dips... They bounce back they do. seemingly every single time that has happened.
0: And, and uh, then he's playing very close to the vest. He's mm-hmm. not naming a starter, but nope. Duke has been practicing for a couple of weeks. They haven't played a game. Mm-hmm. They have not played a single game. So we'll see. Iowa State, right now, a four to four and a half point favorite. Uh, at the uh, Books in Vegas and, of course, here at DraftKings, William Hill on your app uh, as well. Mr. Monday Night's got to make an appearance here tonight. Uh-huh. Got to lean. Do you? Good. Have a lean. What do you think? This
2: game would feel so different if there were going to be fans in the stands. The
0: city of Las Vegas would be
2: just going crazy. Could you imagine the build-up, the lead-up to this game if...
0: If that was the case, just thinking of when Hockey got there. Well, you know the bad part about it is you have to cross the interstate from the Strip. You (gasps) don't for the, what's the name of the, uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile, yeah. You don't. It's right behind the um, um, MGM. Monte Carlo used to be there. Yeah. Um, But you have to cross the interstate. So I don't know if they've put a walkway over top of it or not. Which they have those. Because you would want, love to get primed up for the game on one of the strip yep, hotels, of right? Of course, before you head across the street. But yeah, it's on the other side. And is there anything
2: the... over there? Are, yes, industry.
0: In like... the no, no homes. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's a few. It's a bad part of town. On okay. uh, the other side of the strip, right where it's at, mm-hmm. is not the uh... rough. Yeah, like... you want. I should. I I just didn't spend any time there. Um, but it's kind of um, yeah in car parts. Junkyard was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, are they going to build up like bars and restaurants? Oh, I'm sure that they will. Yeah. I'm sure that they will. But, uh, well, we'll we'll find out what Mr. Monday Night thinks of the game. No Michael Thomas? He's out, huh? They've ruled him out for sure? Yeah. Well, that's a blow.
2: Yes. Wide receiver crew's a little
0: different. Well, we'll get into it. On All right, side. we'll take a final timeout. Come back, wrap things up. Of course, Murphy and Andy coming up at uh, two o'clock. Fanatics at four. Coaches show that Dave Sprower was referring to the Iowa State coaches show tonight goes at six thirty. Just real quick, wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Iowa State will either play at eleven on Fox or six thirty on ABC. TCU, Texas is the other game that's in consideration. Whoever well, one will be in one slot, the other will be in the other. What do you want? Selfishly. For me personally, yeah, selfishly,
2: uh, I'd have to look at the rest of the slate that day to to figure that out. Has that been announced? Do we have uh, SEC start time? Uh, here's the what light? we have
0: so far that I can tell you: eleven o'clock, the competition will be uh, South Carolina, Florida, mm. uh, and then the six thirty slate. The ESPN game is Auburn, Georgia. Oh. That's pretty good tilt. I like that. Uh, over on the SEC, LSU, Vanderbilt, not much, but yeah. those are the games that we know. What else is slated for TBA? If they've uh, penciled anything in yet, I want to see game. I do too. Yeah, I do give, too.
2: Plus the ABC broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Get Herb Street on the call.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Forgot about that. Actually. I
2: mean, we love the the Fox team, especially yeah. Joel Klatt. Yeah,
0: he's terrific. He's
2: awesome, yeah. but. ABC. There's something special. I'm with you. I,
0: I hope that's where
2: they get TCU, Texas. There's is my the vote. other one. Where do,
0: where do I vote at? You don't. Should I send that in? No, you don't. Yeah, it won't get. Is there an in absentee time. ballot you, for you this? Won't no, won't get there in no, time. Okay. Uh, quarter before noon. Miller and Condon. Take you. Uh, I have one more segment to go. It's fourteen sixty KXO. One more. 50 years ago today, our sporting lives changed. Changed. 50 years ago today. 50 years ago today, that music played for the very first time. Really? Yes, indeed. 50 years. God, I'm old. (laughs) I remember. Do you remember? Yes. Uh, Maybe not game one, but uh, a lot of them. 50 years ago today, Monday Night Football. I think the Jets were part of it. Now, not not that I remember the game, Mm -hmm. but I believe I saw a story, um, Joe Namath and company. But yeah, Monday Night Football, fifty years old today. Happy birthday, Monday Night Football! Been part of my life. Also, it's your entire life. uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire Day today. It is uh, September twenty-first. We were talking about that with Heather a little bit earlier today. (laughs) She didn't know what. Yeah, (laughs) till today. Why is he playing that? Uh, Yes, indeed. Anyway, so Monday Night Football tonight. Mm -hmm. Fiftieth anniversary. It's the Raiders and it's the Saints, and the Saints were are in the desert, and they're giving five and a half, five five and a half is five that and a half, left? yeah, five and a half to the Raiders. I, I think you grabbed the points, Mister Monday Night, but you're the expert. All oh, I, I play one on the radio, and we
2: will grab the points in this game. Mention Michael Thomas, dirty secret,
0: Drew Brees. No, here's a dirtier secret, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He's not good. He's not, no, I shouldn't say that's not fair. He's not the Ben Roethlisberger that we expect. He didn't
2: bounce back in the highest of heights.
0: I thought he missed a lot. He underthrew a a bunch of balls. He Mm -hmm. was wide on him. He he wasn't accurate yesterday. Now, where you're going on Drew Brees, you think you're seeing the end from him? They weren't able to run the football against the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. That week
2: one game was so weird. It's a pretty good defense, Tampa Bay. It is. That's a good call. And I agree with you on that front. Or just something the offensive line, which returned basically everybody mm-hmm. from a year ago, which was a really good offensive I line. I don't know. I just even in a victory, I didn't love what I saw from New Orleans in Week One. Are the Raiders great defensively? No, no. they're going to give some points up here. Yeah. This would be easy if this was the number at five and a half, and there are people in the building. No mm-hmm. doubt, new building opening up, people going to be nuts. We'd be grabbing. I'm still going to grab it here. There's still going to be enough buzz. I love Jacobs. Car's
0: fine. He's adequate. He's okay. Yeah, at the quarterback T- position. The tight end Waller's uh, elite. Okay. By the way, speaking of soon to be elite tight ends, there's a uh, there's another hawk that's about to join that. Maybe not George Kittle yet. No offense. Yeah, no offense. Going to be a star. That jungly, juggling catch that he no, had on gee, the sideline, got line. both of his feet in yeah. somehow. He's going to be really good. Trent Hawkinson.
2: They get him involved yeah. a lot of different ways. How about my lions? I, I love that pick.
0: Up fourteen nothing. Uh, that's when you already count the how, money. How long does Matt Patricia get?
2: I mean, Matt oh, Patricia. He, he's going to be fired like week ten, right? I Before Thanksgiving.
0: Who else joins him? Does Quinn in Atlanta? Yeah. Does Zimmer in Minnesota?
2: Trans- if this was really bad. Is I think so. Yeah. They're I, awful. If they're five and eleven, bad. I think Zimmer
0: walks the plank. If they're five and eleven, Viking fans are hoping that they're two and fourteen I'm because right Trevor at. Lawrence is the
2: price. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think ugh, that's a bad football team. There's going to be a lot of coaches. Case Gone. Dead man walking? Gone, for sure. Fangio? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. I I mean, these guys aren't losing their job this week, but these are guys that... O'Brien and Houston? There's another one, O'Brien and Houston. Although he's got control of that franchise. I don't know how. Right. I don't know what he did, but he's got control of that franchise. If the
2: Chargers don't make the playoffs, Lynn is done.
0: Yeah, and you know what? The Chargers can be. um Justin Herbert yesterday. Did yeah, you see any of that? He's good. He wasn't bad was yeah, he? Yeah. I was For really surprised. Out 20 minutes before the game, "Hey, mm-hmm. hey, you're starting." Yeah, I thought that there must be some shenanigans being pulled here yeah. because all of us I mean, even even Nance and Romo didn't expect it. Right. He's he's a dude. I mean, he's a
2: big kid. Yeah, he is. He pushed back a couple of linebackers mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm.
0: He's got some physicality I think the to him. Chargers feel pretty good about their That's It's mm-hmm. a good football team. Uh, injuries like crazy. Christian McCaffrey, four to six weeks. Barkley's out for the season. Uh, Hooker the, uh, with the Colts is out for the season. I uh, haven't seen anything yet. Solomon Thomas or Nick Bosa, although Nick Bosa, the, the word was, the speculation was there that he's gone for sure. He took a cart ride. Um, boy, it was a bad day as far as injuries yesterday in the NFL. Week Sutton, two. your guy? Yeah, Cortland Sutton uh, might be gone for the uh, maybe for the year. Mm-hmm. Not good. Oh well, you know what? If they're going to be bad, I don't need them to be the worst. Right, would right. be a nice. Pri- mm-hmm. Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon. It's a good building block. Oh, my gosh. Guy that got Heisman boats last year. Yeah, he's a 10-12 to 12 year, plug
2: him in, let him play tackle. Maybe Orlando Pace was the last offensive lineman that was in that kind of consideration.
0: Yeah. That turned out pretty well for the yeah, Rams. I'll say. All right, uh, we've got Murph and Andy coming your way today at uh, 2 o'clock. They're in their normal spot. So, Mr. Monday Night taking the points. Going to grab the five and a half. Grabbing the five and the hook for Mr. Monday night. Murph and Andy, two fanatics for Iowa State. Your coach's show comes your way at 6.30 right here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Uh, The Morning Rush will be back on the radio tomorrow morning in their normal spot at 6. We're Miller and Condit. We take over 10 to noon Monday through Friday on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Have a great day.